Hello and welcome to Happy Place. I'm Fern Cotton and this is the show that values the quiet joy of individual purpose over the shiny surface level stuff. Today I'm chatting to Sam Ryder. I just thank my lucky stars that I had a life before any of this happened where I truly felt fulfilment and not void of stress or tension or overwhelm. All of these things are present because they're present in every human being, but there was still the knowledge that they're passing particles, you know, like it's just an emotion. Same with joy, same with euphoria. They're passing and they will go. So you don't hold on to joy just the same as you don't hold on to pain. Sam is the man who, earlier this year, gave the UK its best Eurovision result since 1998. His song, Spaceman, was also the highest charting UK Eurovision entry in over 25 years. And me and my kids love it. Since then, his star has gone stratospheric. He's performed at Buckingham Palace, the British Grand Prix, at a Taylor Hawkins tribute concert at Wembley Stadium, and soon he'll be off on a world tour that will take him well into 2023. Sam is 33, which, as we discuss in this chat, goes some way towards explaining why he's happy to admit he'd often rather be at home with the people he loves, playing Lego, rather than at a glitzy after-party. He's already had a solid lifetime to understand what truly makes him happy and what really matters to him. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Right, let's do it. This is the show. Well, Sam Ryder, how the hell are you? Fantastic. I'm honoured to be here, actually. Thank you so much. I'm not, um, I'm going to say this now at the beginning of the podcast. I'm not a podcast person. I don't listen to any, but I know that I should because everyone that I know seems to really have their life together when they're listening to podcasts and I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Nor do I. That's why I do it. (laughs) So I'm just really excited. Um, I'm quite sort of, I don't know, a bit giddy, like on the way here, like, wow, I'm doing a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be great because basically, unlike doing a radio interview, you just keep talking. Yeah. And obviously I come from a radio background where you'd have to I'd have to interview someone like you in eight minutes and get like the most brilliant or the most extreme thing from you in eight minutes. It's almost impossible. Whereas we'll just chat until we don't chat anymore. And it's just very nice and relaxed. It's all good. Yeah. It's interesting you said actually. Um like when you feel like you're getting interviewed by someone in that short space of time. 
they're almost really fishing and there is a certain pressure <laughs> that you feel on yourself to kind of give something that you haven't given in the past and then it becomes quite an inauthentic exchange because yeah. you're kind of I don't know trying to f- dig deep and find this currency to give them <laughs> that's how it <laughs> you know? kind of works but, isn't it yeah. I know it's mad like please give me the most extreme exclusive yeah. in three minutes that I'm going to play a song and yeah. that's the deal <laughs> this is the opposite of that basically Amazing. so we just chat I have like a loose plan of things that I'm intrigued about, but I'm happy to go off on any number of tangents. That is my job is to essentially listen. But it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for travelling in awful traffic for three hours to get here as well. It's all good. I actually quite like <laughs> just sitting in the back of a car listening to Iron Maiden. Oh, was yeah. that your tune of choice <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, way? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Bit of heavy rock to yeah. get you in the zone. It's great. So look, this last 12, maybe slightly more months for you has just been utterly wild Mm. and when you sort of look back at the big markers of the year whether it be Eurovision the Jubilee the Grand Prix the Taylor Hawkins tribute Mm. I mean these huge huge global events at times how are you processing all that are you processing it or is it all just happening too quickly basically the Eurovision stuff I guess is a good place to start because it essentially is the start of this like chapter in my life, like getting that call in January and um, saying yes, essentially, to the offer. Then I kind of made a bargain with myself, did a lot of sort of walking. That's how I process and we're talking about that sort of stuff and that's how I do it for me. That seems to work. But saying like, of course, there was a certain amount of nerves going in with that, but knowing that nervousness and excitement are so closely related these two emotions and um, choosing excitement instead of nerves so that really has been the like this little talisman that I've had for the whole year so all of these cool things that I could never have dreamt of these things happening they weren't even in my peripheral vision that they could even be um, possible so there's no I don't know God knows how they materialized but they did and I'm incredibly grateful but there was no master plan. <laughs> but it, there's a certain amount of just knowing that life's incredibly short and these moments are even shorter. They buzz by. We're talking about one song here that you play on that Eurovision stage. Same with the Jubilee. Same with when we did the performance, the amazing tribute for Taylor. So before you go on the stage, you're making this like relinquishment of control. And you're saying, I want to enjoy every moment of this because I don't want it to flash by. And I was just there as almost like a a prop because what are you otherwise? Like you, You want to go into an experience and actually live it and breathe it and come away from it afterwards and be like, I remember this little moment or when I sang this part, it wasn't quite there, but I remember seeing this face in the crowd or things like that. You don't want it to come away and then just be... What happened? That was a blur. Because that's so easy, isn't it, that we let that happen? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was a little bargain at the beginning. It's really helped me stay present. And that's obviously we all know, and I know that you know because of even the name of your podcast, that, <laughs> that is the key. Yeah. We're not talking about anything else here. It is that that present moment. But it's hard, isn't it? Because especially if you've got a nerve-wracking prospect ahead of you, say, like doing the Eurovision where you've got 200 million people watching you and you want to be as perfect as you can be. Mm -hmm. You want to be your absolute best. It's hard not to go, I just want to be at the end where I'm relieved and it's done. It's really hard not to do that. So how do you hold your nerve in those situations? Right, okay. I absolutely, I I have that, but it's it's like it's a happiness. It's not, Mm. God, get me out of this situation because because otherwise what are you doing it for? You could just 
be in that perpetual situation of that destination you've got in mind. You you don't have to leave your house. You could be at home watching the TV, and which is safe. often yeah, often yeah. what you consider to be, I can't wait to do that thing. But ask anyone, do you want to perpetually be there? No, no, no one wants to. So you have to go through these experiences. And I treat it with an enormous amount of gratitude. Music's what I love more than anything in the world. But it also makes that, that finishing is there's nothing wrong with being so excited to finish something as well as long as you're not wishing away the hours i'm trying to think of a way that i can explain it like um it's like giving your homework in at the end or coming to the end of a project and signing off on it it's an incredibly rewarding experience but also there's so much to be valued in that moment where you draw a line and you pass it on to someone else or when you release an album it's not really your album anymore it's for other people to enjoy but yeah the thought of putting on comfy clothes laying down doing some lego like or <laughs> doing some lego yeah watching tv just some film you've probably seen a thousand times yeah, before yeah, yeah. the comfort in that with your partner or whoever it is that you're with or you love most in the world like that downtime is but that's important as well to treasure that and not the glitzy side, the after party, the, the the things that we're all tempted, I guess, at some point in our life. I mean, I don't like, think I've I'm... ever been to a good after party in my life ever. Yeah, yeah. Like I, it I sounds amazing. Then you get yeah. and think, this is shit. Yeah, get me I want to be doing Lego at home. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I guess it's uh, you have to to go there to come back, don't yeah. you? As well, like, um, but as soon as you don't ever switch off as well so like you do the big event and then after there's the after party and then after that it's going into the week there's like events and glitziness and these things that you love to be seen at or possessions that you should have to show outwardly to everyone else look I am successful and if that event that I did didn't tell you I was successful what about this car that I'm in what about this party that I'm at it's well exclusive I bet you wish you were here all of this stuff like as soon as you romanticize that I always say to myself, like, be a guest wherever you are or whatever you're doing. So for me, music and the world of music, when I'm on stage singing, like that's home and that's where I should be. That's the like the nucleus of the thing. Everything else, be a guest to it. I never in my life thought I'd ever be invited to a film premiere. Do you know what I mean? Like, and to be honest, it's not it's not my cup. I love film, but like those kind of events don't live in that world because as soon as you do, you you sever that connection that you've spent your whole life building with your family, your friends. I'm 33 years old. Like that's 33 years of not going to anything like that. So if I think I'm going to find something there and I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm happy. I'm a happy person. I feel fulfilled and I'm lucky enough to be one of those people that feels at least that they've found their passion. So I'm not going to find anything no. in this other world. Be a guest. Enjoy it. Life's like I said, it's short. So have fun because the, there is fun to be had. Yes. But come home after, go back to wherever it is and have that downtime. Be a guest in that new world because you will not find the lifelong connections nope. that you've spent ages securing and building upon in that new world. Well, it's so weird that we just celebrate like all the wrong things. I'm not talking about you and I personally, I'm talking about collectively. We go, oh, the after party or the big mm -hmm. film premiere or whatever it is. And then if you ever get the opportunity to experience one of those things, you go, 
I would actually have rather gone with my mates to the cinema yeah. and had some popcorn 100%. and like worn comfortable clothes. Yeah. It's like I, I was reading Richard E. Grant's book because he's coming on the podcast soon and he describes the moment that he's a, an Oscar nominee and he gets to go to one of those big Oscar nominee parties for the first time. He had wished his whole life to be in that situation and then he got there and turned to his wife and went, it's not that great, is it? Like, what, like it's not what it's not the thing. Yeah. And like you say, you can't go in those places searching for true, real, yeah. proper, heartfelt, wholesome stuff. It's just it doesn't live there. It can be fun and exciting for a second, but it's not the real deal. And I think that's apparent to me, and I'm sure everybody that loves your music and what you do, is that you are having fun with it. You are enjoying every moment, but you're not going, and this is where I'm going to find my worth, and this is you know, now where I belong. Like, you seem like you're a very grounded, together person who goes, but I also would like to have my life that I've had for 33 years because that's where I'm going to get the good stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you were mentioning Eurovision earlier and there was, of course, like this big after party then. But we turned up and inevitably at that after party, there's loads of people involved there that weren't necessarily involved 100% on the project. So you're because of that like sort of post COVID situation with Eurovision this year. There was, you know, it wasn't as uh, strict as the year before, but the teams that you went out there with weren't vast. There wasn't a, a huge number of people. So you become very tight knit. And then this after party where loads of other people are introduced, you're kind of like, it's almost too much energy. You you forget how much your body has done such a fantastic job, not yours, but the whole team of like getting you through this incredibly like busy time, no rest, anything like that. That when you've finished it, you don't need to celebrate. You're ready to kind of like, quietly reflect and yeah. wind down. And I know that sounds completely un-rock and roll and un-exciting <laughs> and stuff like that. But honestly, you'd to anyone listening, maybe that would think that there's like this romanticization or uh, need for those like massive fireworks at the end of something, I think you'd be surprised by how many people, especially people that really value their craft as well, like at the end of it, like, okay, that's done. done. Like a quick sort of, I don't know, moment of like, I don't know, getting loose. <laughs> but then they're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready <laughs> to... Bed. Yeah, like yeah. just not dying out on it. Either it's so important. Like mm. the same way that we always like introduce so much suffering into our lives by living in the past or the future. Yeah. We can do the same with joy. Isn't it true? Like you so can true. look back at your glory days and we all know people that do that and yeah. they are not happy in the present or people that think that they're like, oh, I'll be fine when this happens. When this happens, yeah. yeah. So they're living, they're putting their joy in the future instead of right there yeah. in that But when you get in. there and you get the thing or the job or the partner or whatever it is, unless you've dealt with your inner wounds, all the stuff that you've been through, the stuff that you know cause you daily pain or whether it's kind of you know, you're triggered by certain things, unless you've sorted that out, it doesn't matter what job, what partner, what anything it is, you, you'll feel the same. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, it's so true. And you can use that brilliant example of being on stage and then wanting to like stretch that experience out by going to the party and then the after party of the after party. I mean, I, I am an introvert by nature. So as much as I love connecting with people more one-on-one -on -one than big, big groups, I then need real time on my own, like time out. Mm. I need to be in solitude. I'm the same as you, walking. I went for a walk this morning because I like to get in a good headspace before I do something like this. Just walking, like simple, simple stuff is going to be the, the thing that, that balances you out. And it's so cool because 
maybe it is because you've had this exceptional year at, I'm not going to say, you know, an older age because you're 33, but in terms yeah. of pop music, people it are starting is. as kids. So you've had the opportunity to see what your life is like without all this and then to enter that world with probably a broader perspective of what's really going on. And I think that's just going to stand you in amazing stead as your life gets even crazier, mm. I'm sure, with your tour and your album coming out and everything that comes along with that stuff. You hit the nail on the head there. Like, sh- you're stretching the experience yeah. out, aren't you? Like, that's so true. And you can't. It's the yeah. Thing. It's like perfume. <laughs> the, the smell fades and fades and you're like, oh, no, but I want the smell yeah, back, but more. it's going. <laughs> it's gone. You've lost it. And yeah, there's the acceptance of that and the downtime. Yeah. And it's interesting you saying a little minute ago about... There was no master plan. And I find it really interesting because I I didn't mean to do any of the stuff that I'm doing now. There's been sort of accidental moments. But I think deep down there must have been for you some sort of hope or at least faith that your music would reach lots of people. It might not be in this exact way doing Eurovision and all these big events that you've done in the last 10 months, but you must have had some sort of faith that, yeah, my music will get out there one day. I'm not going to give up and it will reach people. Listen, Fern, the amount of hope and faith that I was shoveling. (laughs) (laughs) It's honestly like that. It's so crucial to me. And and my parents, I'm lucky enough to have my mum and dad were so supportive and encouraging. And when that faith dwindled or that hope kind of like was dimming, they helped just like reignite it. So I've been hoping to to be in a position where I'm sharing my own music to people that would want to hear it since I could sing, since I started learning the guitar, like 13, 14 years old. And it took me a long time to get there. But because of that, I value it so much more. I also, I like I said, before all of this, I was incredibly fulfilled with music anyway I was singing at people's weddings for eight years before that I was working on construction sites and when you're on the construction site you got your headphones in you're like your vision like you're spending every moment that you're laboring annoyingly to the person employing you but <laughs> thinking like it's like holding this like idea and belief in your vision that one day you know I'll be on a stage playing to people and sharing these songs that I think are good they weren't good but (laughs) (laughs) they got way better yeah they did get better (laughs) hopefully (laughs) and then the, the, the weddings was something like I wouldn't be here without that those eight years of playing and let me tell you why I think weddings are so important for like up and coming musicians or musicians in general um at the beginning of your journey, you think that music is kind of this exchange where people give you praise and even like the nature of applauding you after every song and thinking that you are the main event being there. Yeah. But when you play at people's weddings, one thing I noticed, like I'd been in bands and stuff like that, never anything successful but when that dwindled out I went to do weddings and in my mind I was like thinking this could be a step down maybe I don't ever get out of weddings and obviously that was a very naive idea of mine but it was just you know a young kid having that thought um I started doing them and I've I've really practiced hard and I'm singing like Whitney Houston and in my head I'm thinking yeah I really nailed that little bit there and then I opened my eyes at the end of the song no one cared no one (laughs) they're all pissed out their heads well yeah they're having the best day there's these two people have been waiting saving money to have this day yeah like they do not care if you 
just sang Dance With Somebody in the original key. Like, no one cares. <laughs> and truly, like, and, and rightly so. So as That's soon as you... That's a humbling yeah, realisation. It, it is. So, like, you start and you realise that music has been a relationship that you've had for so many years where you are seeking validation because you've gotten so used to there being a reward at the end of a song, whether it be an applause or, like, I don't know, some A&R giving you a business card yeah. or something like that. In the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know where that is. <laughs> in a big suit with big yeah, shoulders. Yeah, and a cigar. <laughs> Listen, kid, I'll make you a star. <laughs> but you, you get used to that and then you put all of your, like, okay, validation then comes from outside. Yeah. And of course, we know, like, with age and experience, you realise that nothing could be further from the truth. So then, you like, I changed how I was approaching singing at weddings. And it was something completely, I mean, obviously, I was there to provide music and some kind of atmosphere. But ultimately, I'm just there to to sing. And that is enough. You, you close your eyes, you sing a song, and you realise the joy that appears that was therefore vacant before. But when you sing... It's lighting this thing up inside of you. Oh, and I can't even imagine what it feels like to sing like you sing. Like when you've got a singer like you or Adele or someone that can belt out a song. I just when I was watching you doing the Jubilee, I was thinking that must feel so good. <laughs> it feels like flying. If, so if you, good. If you get it right, and it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> Believe me. Or even me. when you did the guitar but- solo, my husband was like. Uh, sorry, what? <laughs> He's a guitarist. He's like, I can't, there's no way I could do that. I was like, he is fly, like flying. You can yeah. see it, that feeling. Just but that's, present. But that's yeah. it. That, no one else gave you that. You yeah. did, like you created that experience and it's so amazing. But I wonder how your mindset has changed on that. Now you do have thousands of people screaming at you. you know, the reward is guaranteed when yeah. you're where you're at now. You know, you can play when you go and do your tour, which is coming up soon, or you're playing at a big event. It's guaranteed that people are going to know who you are, know the words to your songs and freak out. How do you stop that from affecting you? Because it can be in, in a negative way that that then becomes, now I can feel okay because people yeah. like me. Got to keep an eye on your happiness baseline. Yes. Very closely. And any time it sort of starts tweaking or becoming plumped <laughs> by <laughs> like other people giving you praise yeah. and, therefore, and then not going back down after, like where's that threshold? Where does it live? Where's its like its natural state of being? Mm. Um, and these these are ideas. I mean, the like for me, these conversations are so exciting, and I love it. And that's why I'm so happy that you had me on. So thank you. But like. If I think about having this conversation when I was 20, I don't think it's as exciting, but it's never been unimportant. Yeah. You know, but maybe we're, we're moving into a, a different sort of um, consciousness where like it's becoming way more valuable to have these conversations at an earlier age. I think so, because the counter conversation with what we're discussing now is if you can stop yourself from applying exterior noise, which is positive exterior noise people giving you praise if you can stop from being affected by that you've got a better chance of not being affected when things turn sour yeah totally and when people which everybody deals with not just people in the public eye but everybody now with social media is dealing with negative opinion somebody saying something combative to them or whatever it is if you can just see all of it as exterior noise, whether it's someone saying, oh, you look amazing or well done, that's brilliant. If you can have a sense of, I guess, sort of neutrality towards that, then you've got a better chance of doing it when it's a shitty comment. And I'm certainly, I'm I'm a lot older than you. I'm trying to still figure that one out now. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to sort of be 
detach from it a little bit and go, okay, I can hear all these different voices and opinions, but it's not going to change who I am or how I feel about myself. I can learn from it. I could change things if I feel that it's relevant, but I'm not going to have my self-worth moving up and down due to all of this noise. And I think everybody is struggling with that at the moment. So we have to have these chats. Yeah. What's your relationship with social media and comments and stuff like that? Mm. Do you spend time reading stuff or do you know like friends that do, do yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I sort of, I go through phases where say we're doing a new Happy Place project or whatever it might be, the feedback can be genuinely amazing and valuable. I'm not talking about solid praise. People telling us what they want, what they need. What do you want us to talk about? What do you want us to discuss next? What subjects are we not covering? Who doesn't feel like they're heard or seen? That's invaluable. I really appreciate all of that. So I at times will check in with that. But then I have found the last few weeks just so noisy and I don't know if it's also because of my own life kids went back to school builders are doing something in the house cats being a lunatic lots of stuff going on (laughs) that I then don't have the capacity to go oh and everybody thinks all this stuff not even in relation to me but just what's going on in the world and when it gets really noisy like that I just have to not look and go walking and also like revert back to the basics that you know the facts that are We didn't have all this noise 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You know, when I was a teenager or when I started in telly, I didn't know what people thought of me or what was going on in the world. I just tried to treat people in my life nicely, didn't always get it right, and that was good enough. And now I feel like everybody has to have an opinion, something to say. If you don't have an opinion, you're a bad person. It's like, oh, I think we've all just lost the plot a bit here. So depending on how I feel, I find it quite difficult to navigate. Yeah, there's a, definitely a certain pressure to to get your soapbox out yeah. and use it if you've got any kind. Of, and in fact, if you've got no platform at all, it doesn't mm. matter. Everyone needs to maybe make their point heard so that no one would assume yep. that they had a different yep. opinion. Isn't that mad and that's, though? Yeah, so it's almost like a, a a teacher taking a register. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but look at someone like someone that I rate highly that doesn't even cover it who I just think is amazing Eckhart Tolle who's obviously a brilliant thinker and writer and he doesn't openly have an opinion on anything like he's had people in big seminars ask him a question what do you Eckhart what do you think about this and he'll give you a really solid beautiful answer but you don't know his opinion or even if he's formulated one yeah Yeah. he just might not he's just in the moment processing things and I would rather follow what he's doing and thinking and saying. And you know, sometimes I do have opinions about things and sometimes it might be coming from a bad place. I don't know. I need to check yeah. myself and work out where I'm sort of emotionally at that day. But it is strange how if you don't say what you're thinking and feeling about a thing that then there's that space for people to assume, oh, well, you're, you're this, you're that. And it's like, wow, it's very, very mm. fiery out there at the moment. And I think that's, again, a good thing that you've entered this world of extreme are all eyes on you at an age where you're probably able to cope with it a bit better. Um, I, I also think it's like we we attribute if you're passionate about something or like you love something that you have to shout from the rooftops yeah. about it and therefore join the tribe that is attributed to that passion. Otherwise, you're you're clearly not passionate or you don't love that yeah. thing. And that's it's more pressure. It's just... I guess more we're dumping on more of this unkindness yeah. to ourselves and, um, and shame, yeah. guilt, and therefore if we're always like every single interaction 
is therefore guarded, doesn't become a conversation anymore. It's a check-in. It's like we were talking about this, this register sort of absent or present sort of thing. But I, I just thank my lucky stars that I had a life before any of this happened where I truly felt fulfillment and not void of stress or tension or overthought or overwhelm. All of these things are present because they're present in every human being, but there was still the knowledge that they're passing particles, you know, like it's just an emotion. Same with joy, same with euphoria. They're passing and they will go. So you don't hold on to joy just the same as you don't hold on to pain. We all know people that hold on to pain and how that affects their spirit. Same as people holding on to joy. And really because there's value in all of it, isn't there? So I think that's what I'm, again, sort of grappling with at the moment and going, oh, yeah, there's... I don't have to suppress that like worry yeah. or the sadness or whatever because there's going to be something in there if I poke around and have a look. Like there's going to be something really cool in that to learn from. Yeah, like if if people tell you, oh, you must be um, fun. You have a podcast that's all about joyfulness and finding happiness. You must never get sad. You Ooh. must never get angry. And then more people that tell you that when you're furious about something, you feel shame. Yeah, well, I yeah, shouldn't yeah. be feeling shame because. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like well, hang on, my validation. I've lost control of my validation because now it is, I've given that sovereign power over to (laughs) uh, an entity that I have never met. I don't know. It doesn't even have a face. It's just comments on social media or something like that. So you have to be, that's what I'm saying. It's treacherous, but it's not. um, I also want to reflect on the positive of it. Like social media is, is a completely benign entity as well it's like having an animal what are you feeding it yeah you know and how is that affecting its yeah. behavior probably awful analogy i'm sorry but it, it's <laughs> true like, like it. it's, it's probably me talking about simon the cats made yeah. you think about this analogy <laughs> but we've got these i guess it's trying it's a really naff version of what wolf are you feeding isn't it yeah yeah but, yeah. Um, yeah but it's true like we we completely are in control of what we input into this machine yeah so we have all the responsibility if we're trying to blame anything we're blaming ourselves because we are the people that use it we feed it um and also you're responsible for your reaction to totally. whatever it is and that's yeah. the bit again that i'm still learning that lesson every day like i i can make a choice here i can either go down self-loathing and all of that crap or i can go self-compassion where's that going to take me today and it's just mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a, it's discipline, isn't it? A, you know, and you, I think people not only love your music and your voice, but they've also got this sense of what a positive person. When you've been on Gogglebox with Scott, and we get to see, you know, your personality in that way, it's like what a positive person. But you weren't just born a positive person. This is a choice to to yeah. make positive decisions and to be accountable for your reactions to things. Yeah, and I also think we can. Um Again, like we, we love to attribute things and then become a tribe to whatever we've attributed. Like same Iron Maiden, I'm talking about Iron Maiden earlier. If I see someone walk past me in the street wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt, I'm gonna be like, nice shirt, man. <laughs> cool. Like because they're like, I think you're part you're like you're in the We're same part tribe. Of yeah. But we do it with joy as well. Uh, we have to be careful of that. We see someone who's super smiley, like we think they're happy. Happiness isn't smiling um, it's not even a permanent thing no, though we can't not at you all. could be so positive in one five minute section of your day and then 10 yeah. minutes later feel like shit it's we think it's this thing oh that person yeah. they're just happy happy but, person but i think true positivity is like being knee deep in absolute rubbish yeah. at the same time and being like it's cool i'm just passing right now i'm in the neighborhood that's 
knee deep in rubbish and yeah. I will pass through this street that I have to believe, I have to have hope and faith that there is better things up ahead because otherwise what the hell are we even doing? Yeah. And we can become habitual with everything. And how many of us make a habit of being negative about the weather? Yeah. Or oh, we're so the, the world's getting that way, worse or yeah. stuff like that. These are habits. Yeah. And I'd rather live making my habits be coming back to gratitude. And when you come back to gratitude, you can't help but have a positive outlook. Come back to the gratitude that I feel fulfillment or I have the opportunity to do something that brings me fulfillment. And then through fulfillment, you feel purpose. And that's, I mean, these are, for me at least, like the absolute cornerstones of everything. You've got purpose Everything will follow everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything, all the rubbish as well. But you will be able to deal. You have the spiritual armament necessary to deal with that rubbish. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Purpose doesn't have to be some huge thing. Your no. purpose will be bespoke and unique to you. I mean, I didn't find mine till five years ago. I didn't have a clue what my purpose was. Mm. I was just like, uh, why am I not getting any TV work? And what the hell's going on? I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm meant to be walking in this direction over here. This feels amazing and brilliant. And okay, it might not be <laughs> as big and shiny as stuff I've done in the past, but this, I'm feeling all of this. And you know, I'm very lucky that I had a good sort of, uh, I guess, period of experience and and enough really shitty moments within that. But also I was able to build a platform to go on a new path. And I feel very mm-hmm. fortunate for that. But I think, you know, everybody has a gift, a thing that they can offer to the world. And it doesn't have to be some massive thing. But I think when you find what that is, that is such a beautiful moment. And I mean, yours is obvious because you've got this amazing skill and this amazing talent and you can lift people with your music and it's you know incredible but I wonder at what point did you realize did you tip from oh I'm a good singer to oh this is going to make people feel something this is going to give people something that firstly I'm like a lot to unpack there and thank you so much but I'm fascinated when you're talking about that transition for yourself in your life because I speaking to Scott recently as well he's in a similar point where like yeah. the radio one journey has that chapter has closed yeah. and it's leading to something new it's so exciting but it must be daunting mm. because it's a total shift a total transition yeah. and i know that he's excited about it and he's going to smash it just the same as you are going to like i can touch being in your presence like you're the sort of person you make something work whatever happens any any time there's a worry of like Am I, have I reached the end of my destination? Yeah. What's my purpose now? What will life give me? Or is it already given me this bounty of blessings that most people could never have dreamt of, least loan me, you know? So you think, you always think that these um, these journeys are like, I don't know, 
are highlighted by their closing. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that that's all there was. But an ending is always like, the, it has to be the start of something else, mm-hmm. unless you give up. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is it. You're making your own reality, aren't yeah. you? So like, yeah. you either choose and you're tenacious enough to be like, no, that is the close of a chapter and the beginning of yeah. a new. Or like we were saying earlier, you live in that past. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the good old days when I was doing this yeah, and this yeah, and yeah. this. You know. <laughs> that weren't actually very good at all. <laughs> yeah, you romanticise everything. <laughs> I but- know, it's funny because I think <clears throat> it's, it, it is a very interesting free fall to find yourself in, I think, when a chapter yeah. ends. And I think many people listening to this will have experienced it, the end of a relationship, leaving a job, geographically moving somewhere, whatever, like the end of something. It could be a friendship even. That's a really tricky one to navigate because... Yeah. There aren't clear boundaries. When you break up with someone, you're like, I hate you and never want to see you again. And then you don't. Yeah, take your stuff. Here's a box. Bye. With a friend, it's like, oh, what what is what happens? It's really blurry lines. But I think any of these ends of chapters, they can be the most exceptional moments. But I think it's really important to say they're not without fear. They're not like, oh, a new chapter. Let's go. It's like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. I don't know what to do. I'm shaking my pants. And then that dissipates and you do find your feet a bit more. And that fear, like you said earlier, lives so closely next to excitement. You mm-hmm. just have to sort of recognise that it is there yeah. and have everything you've talked about today, faith, hope, you know, determination, all of those things that have got you to exactly where you're at today with the most exciting year just gone and bloody exciting year to come. Mm. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's big. I, I love um, it just for me sitting here, it seems so like amazing to see you live in your purpose, because even having these discussions and like you were saying, the amount of people that are like following your journey, listening to this podcast and that, that are finding themselves in similar positions. These moments are so uncelebrated, yeah. almost like culturally, like the it's almost like failure. Yeah. And stuff like that, that that we're so kind of like allergic towards or yeah. don't want to be around it. Like no one wants to go down with the ship that's sinking yeah. next to them. And But there needs to be a voice of like the end of a chapter is the most, I mean, it's it's like the birth of the universe again. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Atoms jostling for position. Anything is possible. Anything like gives you complete freedom to start something new. But yeah. And also you get to dismantle like perception. all of your beliefs. Because you go, oh, I thought this was how everything worked. And then when that's taken away from you, and it might be your decision or not, I think some of my own journey, I I consciously wasn't making these decisions. Just shit happened and I was at ground zero like, oh, my God, I'm depressed. I feel like shit. I don't know what the hell I want to do anymore. And I had to literally dismantle the whole framework and go, oh, that wasn't working and none of it makes sense. So... What could be possible? What is a new framework? And that's obviously very slow and quite painful, but there is liberation in there. And I think, again, like going back to what you were saying earlier, like there's gold in those shitty moments. There's good things in the hard places, the ground zero, the rock bottoms. It's, it might not be instant or an epiphany, but it is in there. Like there, it, it is. And we've, I've spoken to hundreds of people that will prove that theory yeah. to be right. It's, um, it's brilliant. There was something I was so keen to talk to you about, and, it, and it's born from an article I read that you'd been interviewed in something a while back. And you talked so brilliantly about cool being the enemy. And I was yeah. like, 
this chimes. This mm-hmm. really chimes. Because I think, again, I had periods of my life, probably in my 20s, where, you know, in the job that I was doing and the circles I was moving in, they, they were cool people. There yeah. was the cool gang. Radio is one of the coolest worlds. I'm so glad you brought this up oh, because, like... I was not, though, and I am no, not. But there must have been such... I bet there's so much pressure, oh. almost. I, but I mean, cool. I used to feel... You go back, you revert to being a child, don't you? Like, they're the cool kids, they're doing cool things. And I used to just feel not cool. Like, there's nothing interesting me about me. I like, why? I don't understand why I'm even here. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I felt so, it was like two magnets that shouldn't be together. Like, I can't be near the cool gang. I just don't understand how it works and I can't yeah. be cool. And it was so brilliant hearing you talk about that because you've clearly not tried to be cool. You being authentically you is cool. Because you've tried not to be cool. And I think that is the full circle thing normally. You just be you, whether you've it's got to make sure nerdy that... <laughs> or whatever, and then people go, oh, they're really cool. Yeah, but yeah, you're not yeah. trying to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that and, cool but is... But you've got to watch out if people tell you it's cool. You're like, okay, yeah, no, no, don't tell me. It's like, you don't ruin the spell because it's... <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I truly think cool is the enemy. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, um... I was never cool at school. Um, I was never like, I'm not going to start saying that I was like bullied or anything, like maybe a bit in primary school, but I was just like pals with the nerds and the geeks and I just felt at home there and I still do now. I, when I'm, I can immediately tell there's an uneasiness if I'm around people that are very cool. Um, I don't feel like I have the, uh, the equipment necessary essentially Mm -hmm. to keep up um, or provide anything to that situation or do you conversation. Think they, do you think cool people, because I can imagine a few cool people that I know now, yeah. and I, I'm not in any way dissing them. You know, I don't yeah. know them. I'm sure they're very <laughs> nice people, but they are very cool. And and cool can sometimes uh, be expressed as a bit offish as well yeah. or a bit aloof or whatever totally. it is. Do they feel cool or is this coming from a place of lacking in them? I've never quite been able to work that out. Um. I think if you sat down with any one of those cool people, they would tell you um, that they're, you know, paint a picture of them being exactly the same, coming from the same place that we are. Yeah. You know, there's just a difference. And I think, though, it's all that getting to that sort of feeling that you're coming off as a bit aloof or whatever is all with how you've dealt with all of the stuff that we've been talking to up until this moment. Like um, gratitude, always remembering that any gift that you have is coming through you it's not of you and I think that that's a huge one yeah actually not believing your own hype or drinking your own Kool-Aid or whatever it is uh Kool-Aid <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> that's perfect but um ultimately like it's almost not for us to say like we we aren't it's, it's not our story but the main thing that like we can tell ourselves and remember is to always use your presence to encourage and not impress because that's mm, always like that. how I would feel if I'm in the presence of someone cool is that I they are impressive to me and therefore my gut reaction is to try and um it's like osmosis you want to match yeah, and like oh yeah I've done so something it. too but I, I immediately my toes curl if I ever have to talk about myself like after the Taylor gig backstage at that um, which was an actually a really nice backstage oh, it was event so lovely. it wasn't too like it was just lovely nice people. people but you I just I immediately want to talk to I don't know 
there was this old couple that was so lovely, just wearing Hawaiian shirts, probably in their like late seventies, and they're just flowing over. I think they were. I mean, we were just chatting about not, and it just felt absolutely at home. Yeah. Like I haven't really got much to talk to these amazing rock stars about because in myself, I'm like I haven't earned those stripes. But of course, you've spoke to Dave. Dave won't take that for an answer. He'll come up. He's, He's so He's the nicest person lovely. ever. He's just encouraging. And to have someone like that in the music business where there's, you know, there's so much light, there's so much darkness as well. But to have someone that is encouraging and using his pre- presence to encourage yeah. is vital because he's it's not lip service. That guy's done more for music than most of us could ever dream to do. He's incredible. And it's he is sort of the anomaly because there's not many people... At that level, where they've worked for that long at that level. And are not jaded. And are not jaded and <laughs> love it and want to talk to people and, like you say, want to encourage yeah. and be a force for good. Think what that guy's it's been am- through. Oh, and to, to not be jaded by the industry that has almost romanticised a lot of the problems and stuff like that, but it's... Yeah, incredible. And also a reminder for all of us, whether you're in music or not, to look at the positive. I bet that guy wakes up and he's looking at the positive. He's living in the present moment, not feeling the pain of the past or the worry for the future. And this is turning into a podcast about Dave Grohl. But (laughs) I'm happy with that. (laughs) Yeah, so am I. I mean, mean, it's about, you know, how you find your inspiration. And through that, it's how you find your fulfillment and happiness. And we have to look at other people that are doing that to find that inspiration yeah and it also I I love the fact that he's showing you can get to the top top of your game and not be an arsehole Mm -hmm. you can be a nice person and still do really well because there's still this kind of very archaic notion that you've got to like elbow your way to the front and be a bit of a dick and you know make sure that you're above everybody else and he's just kindly drifted to the top and it's just it's amazing yeah that's so true or that like anyone else's gain is your loss yeah yeah because yeah. we all put ourselves in a state of lack all too and often comparison don't we? constantly yeah. and he's just gone no sod that i'm just going to be a nice person but yeah. also be amazing yeah something really interesting right that i was reading recently and it, it just popped into my head because we were talking about gifts again and you just mentioned again like letting that gift go through you and in the last book that i wrote i wrote this chapter or i studied this subject in this chapter on the enneagram which is this amazing esoteric sort of quiz like a personality quiz almost mm-hmm. but it's it's years and years, thousands of years old and you go through the, these questions and then you come out with a number one to nine which is like a sort of personality sort of archetype kind of thing and the the learning from it, which I, again, have to process daily, is when you get your number and you're assigned whatever it is, it breaks it down, pages and pages, you're like, wow, this is exactly me. Like, it's yeah. spooky. And you realise that your your hindrance, the thing holding you back, is the same thing as your gift. And I was, that for me was like, what? So I'm, for, for example, number two, the helper. So I love to reach out to help people to try and be part of something to help people I get a real kick out of it it's been in my nature since I was a tiny kid but it is my massive hindrance I feel way too much of everything all the time and then I'll go into guilt and shame that I'm not doing enough I reject help don't want people to help me absolutely no I don't want it I don't deserve it I I'm sort of just repulsed by people offering me help which I need to get over because it is to my detriment that I do that Mm. and I I found that so interesting to go 
ah, oh, that is the best thing that I can offer, but it's also the thing holding me back. There isn't, unfortunately, a list on this thing that says the singer, but I'm sure parts of you being able to share your messaging and the lyrics in your song and that upbeatness, that positivity, there's something in there that will also be holding you back. And it's just an interesting thing when you start to unpick it. Yeah, that is fascinating. It is. I'll have to, I've heard about this. Um, do the Enneagram yeah, test. Okay, I'm going to do it when I get It's home. amazing. It takes like 40 minutes. It's actually quite fun. And you're like, I now understand who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> I always, process. I, I think some of those, you have to, um, again, be, I sound, I keep using the words treacherous, but I, I just know how, and maybe that's my thing as well, like identifying and that fear of identifying. And if I see something in black and white, it's almost like self-diagnosis. So if you feel you've got something wrong, don't Google it. We all know that, right? Oh, never. Don't Google. But as soon as you do, you're like, oh, yeah. I used to think when I was a kid, I was like, um, oh, I'm anemic. Because I fell asleep on the bus every time going to school. <laughs> like, you know, like you... <laughs> I must be low on iron. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking hilarious. iron brew. <laughs> but wait, so how do you deal with this? Right, one of my worst, worst things ever is if I go and do a print interview and, you know, you've obviously got the bit where you're sat with the journalist and they've got the questions, but there's always a paragraph within this, and this is why I don't read interviews that I've done. There's always a paragraph first that goes like, Fern walked in looking tense and sat down twitching her fingers and then was drinking an oat milk something. And I'm like, what does all this mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, Getting is this experimental with the pros, like yeah, yeah. Who, who is this? How do you deal with that reflected back of you? Because you've got that yeah. everywhere at the moment. People thinking they know who you are. I don't. I don't read it. Don't no. look at any of it. I've never been on Twitter. Don't know how to use it. Wouldn't know how to log in. Yeah. My partner is amazing as well because she'll kind of look at little bits and sort of feedback if there's anything like because you also you can't be fearful. No, because then like, oh, don't tell me anything because I'm scared. You can't be like that at the same time. But also it's none of your business, Fern, a lot of the time. What we're saying earlier, like this is a totally new enigma. This amount of access that other people and we have on other people's lives. So we're pretty good at not having it, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, we can live without it. Yeah, we're pretty used to it. So I know it's not going to amplify my joy. So life while it's not as selfish and simple to say it is a search for amplification of joy, I'd also say it is simple to say it's a journey to rid yourself of that which which would concern you yeah. or bring concern and yeah. therefore stress. So, yeah, it's, it's none of your... And that goes with the good stuff as well. If you do something good and you think oh, I, I just killed that. Go back to the wedding days. I don't need to, after it, go round to the bride and go, do you like that? Did you, uh, <laughs> did you hear that bit that I did, that run in Whitney Houston? No, I didn't, because I don't care. Like, I like, and, and that's not like a malicious thing from them. It's just mm. like, they're living in their present moment, which is not revolving around you. But it's so, I think it's so fascinating looking for things that you know will amplify your joy, because we know sometimes that we're making bad decisions. When we go... You're sat there and you're feeling a bit edgy and you pick up your phone <laughs> yeah. then you start scrolling and you know it's not a good idea. Yeah. Or you eat something, you know, it's going to make you feel like shit and you think, why did I do that? Or like whatever it is, or you just binge watch TV that makes you, like, that's violent or something that yeah. makes you feel not good. We sort of are sometimes a little bit, um, I guess, just unaware of our decisions around that. And again, this really reminds me of when we interviewed... Um, 
Oh, what's the chops? Can't think of her bloody name now. Um, the lady that wrote this, Rhonda Byrne, yep. who wrote The Secret. Sorry, Rhonda. Um, I adore Rhonda. I don't know how I forgot her name in that moment. But she, when she was writing The Secret, she didn't answer the phone to anyone if she was on a day where she was writing or they were making the movie. I think the movie came first. Um, she wouldn't answer the phone in case it was, you know, something, a number she didn't recognise. Nope, don't need to, to deal with that right now. If someone started talking negatively, uh, gossiping, or she's like, I'm sorry, I'm not yep. up for that today. Check out the conversation. She made yeah. really big boundaries so that she could stay totally focused to, I have to get this project out and it needs to be, I just can't have it impinged by anyone's commentary or negativity this is just how I want it to go and we we do have more control over that than we think yeah that's a pure distillation of your expression at that point yeah I think that's admirable hard to do like you said it's it's hard you've got to be quite harsh it's quite an extreme example but also you've got you've got to be um like stern in a way with yourself because we know that there's dopamine like a a scroll away if we want it but we know all too often that that is isn't worth it. It fades, and then and then your threshold of joy that we were talking about earlier has risen. Yeah, and then that's going to be harder to reach next time. Yeah, and also hurt more. Yeah, when things go the uh, the opposite way. Yeah, I think uh, to be able to share something like that without any kind of involvement or negativity or past your own negativity, you're allowed to put your own pain and. Uh, struggle into something of course but like all too often we actually take on external pain external struggle and put it into our work and almost claim it as your own don't you yeah yeah absolutely I think it's it's so easily done because we've got the access to it and I think you know my real takeaways from chatting to you today are certainly like looking at that happiness baseline which Mm -hmm. we can all do today we can all have a little pause and go oh yeah what what is that what does that mean what does that feel like but also that amplification of joy and making those choices which again will be bespoke it'll be different to everyone how you access that joy what that joy feels like what that process is how easy it is to be in the moment I think they're two really cool things I'm gonna mull over today Sam Ryder and Uh um I can't thank you enough. It's been just so wonderful talking to you today. Fun. And thank you, all mate. the love and luck with your tour, your beautiful <laughs> album. It's just all so exciting. Thank you so much. Honestly, it's such a pleasure and a privilege to be here and just chatting away at stuff just like chatting. this. It brings us, yeah, so much that we're obviously incredibly passionate about. And um, yeah, thank you for having me. Well, Sam said he doesn't really listen to podcasts, but I'm hoping after taking part in Happy Place, he's going to delve into our back catalogue. He did say he was going to on the way out, so I'm going to have to check in on him. But, oh, do you know what? I just loved having that chat. What an amazing person. So positive, so lovely. Me and my family are just massive fans of Sam Ryder, and we can't wait to see what he does next. I hope that you love that chat too. Sam's album, There's Nothing But Space Man, is out on November the 18th, which I cannot wait to hear. His voice is just unbelievable and his guitar playing epic. And if you want to see him on tour, you can find the link to get tickets in the show notes. I'll be back next week with someone you absolutely do not want to miss. Hit the follow button on your Happy Place podcast feed because I would love for you to be back for that one. Until then, huge thanks to Sam, to the producer Anushka Tate at Rethink Audio and to you gorgeous lot for listening. Speak soon.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.